Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Brett Keen. Welcome to the Keen Family Games channel, where we talk about video games, religion, politics, and uh, current day news, um, and give our opinions and reviews on such things. When you get an opportunity, check out the links in my description. Check out my books, music, art. Also, check out my brother, Justin Keen, his wife, Autumn Keen, my wife, Dawn Keen, as well as our children um, tend to take turns doing live streaming games on the channel. Uh, my brother's also got his own separate YouTube channel where he specifically focuses on music and uh, projects he does with other musicians and all that. I think you'll enjoy it. We also got some pretty cool concert t-shirts over on our uh, merchandise site. All links can be found in the description. Please uh, like, comment, and rate if you support my videos and like my points. I uh, definitely enjoy hearing other people's opinions and views on the matters, so don't be a stranger and uh, express yourself. Okay, so this video is going to be about um, the Bible. We haven't done uh, a lot of videos lately actually talking about God and what it is that he's trying to, uh, his message and what it is that he's trying to say. But I've noticed that there's a lot of atheist videos out there like Matt Delahunty and uh, many uh, prominent atheists who claim that the Bible endorses and supports and stands behind such barbaric concepts such as slavery. And what this tells me whenever I listen to a lot of these skeptics and non-believers and those that don't subscribe to the Christian or uh, Jewish ideology is that they haven't actually read the Bible. Some of them will claim to have had a that in the past they were Christians. Some of them even claim that they were preachers of some watered down uh, church off in the middle of nowhere where they used to supposedly teach the Bible and hand out pamphlets and cartoons to people. Well, I think that at this point, a lot of us have. Uh, noticed in our society that there are some people who go to church and they preach because they're actually wanting to preach the message of God. And then there's other people who simply use the church in order to manipulate people, use fear tactics, and also in the long run, simply want money uh, to get off of other people. And they'll say anything and do anything. Uh, sad to say, one thing that Christians can be held guilty for is a lot of Christians, they go to church and they listen to some of the things that a preacher will say, and sometimes they'll open their book to certain pages and read certain passages, but unfortunately there's a lot of Christians that will make the excuse that they're, they work too much or they're too busy to actually read the entire Word of God and its completion, which then means that they do not have the knowledge or the education to be able to defend uh, the Bible and what it truly says. Anyone who's actually read the Bible will know that the very second book in the Bible will show you very clearly. It's an entire story about God actually commanding a man named Moses to go in and free over 430,000 Israelites. 
the Israelites have been taken into slavery by someone who is referred to as a pharaoh, which is like that of a king or a political leader that held a lot of clout in Egypt. Uh, The story tells us that Moses went in, and not only did Moses speak to the Pharaoh about releasing slaves, but God also said that there would be wrath and destruction and death if the slaves were not released. So not only do we see that the Bible has God commanding a man to go against slavery, but we also have God himself physically interacting in that society during those primitive days, telling the politicians of those times and those pagans of their own religions, it was actually pagans who were the ones who endorsed slavery. See, any religion that exists outside of the Abrahamic faiths, if there's a religion that exists outside of Islam, Judaism, or Christianity, Um, then the religion is usually uh, referred to as an umbrella term as paganism. And the Egyptians were pagan in every sense of the word. So they were the ones who were actually holding the slaves. A lot of people don't realize because they don't read the Bible, nor do they take the time to actually look into the history of it. But the Bible is not a single book. It is a collection of stories of generations after generations of people throughout the Bible, all the way leading up to whenever the Son of God actually walks the earth. The Bible ends with the prophecies and predictions of how God plans to bring wrath and destroy the end of, uh, bring the end of times and end of days. He will eventually take out this world and take those who subscribe to the faith, those who uh, followed his laws and his commandments and did what they did. Now, I know that there's some people out there who are going to say, well, we're no longer under commandments and laws. This again shows me they've never read the Bible. All the way throughout the New Testament, Jesus Christ promotes that we follow the laws and the commandments. And in the old, in the, um, book of revelation that actually tells you that not only will you be judged upon the things that you've done but you're going to be judged uh, based upon your works as well as your sins so if you ever hear christians out there tell you that your works are not important that you're not under the commandments and laws anymore that you're simply saved just simply by speaking the words and letting your tongue flap this is not true Anyone that doesn't know what sin is, sin is a transgression against the law. Well, what do you think Judgment Day is? Logically, if God is judging you on the things you've done wrong, then he's talking about the commandments and laws that you've broken. And that is what you're being judged about, your works and your sins. So there are some preachers out there who, for whatever reason, they've decided to sugarcoat the Bible and teach a Sunday school version of it to the children, the cartoon Disney version of Christianity. And unfortunately, there's a lot of adults out there who have their ears tickled just as they did with the Pharisees and Sadducees. So So we have an entire book documenting that God attacked a slave master 
we have an entire book on God assisting Moses and 430,000 slaves across a desert to bring them into a new land so they would be able to prosper and live. Because let's face it, ladies and gentlemen, it's not enough just to free slaves. They have to have a home. They have to have a food and a habitat and all this. So God brought them to that point. Well, some of the non-believers out there may argue, yeah, but God was only doing that for the Israelites, as though God is only a God of um, the Israelites. God makes it clear that God is the God of all mankind and the creator of the universe and life itself and the world. He's the creator of all things. Well, even after, even when you get beyond the story of Moses and the slavery and eventually the Pharaoh is wiped out by God creating this miracle, splitting the oceans and bringing heavy, massive amounts of waves down on the slave owners, the book goes on to tell you that God uh, explains to different communities throughout the Bible that if you steal or you kidnap, then you are to uh, receive capital punishment. Back then, people lived like um, nomads. Uh, they moved from town to town, and they would try to get civilized and try to get a civilization going and try to grow from there. And if you had people who were coming in and stealing and harming, they didn't have the same judicial system that we have in America and a lot of countries today. They didn't have tons of guards and police officers. People didn't have cell phones back then where they could call 911. So God made a really hardcore threat. He said, if you do these things, then you're going to be in trouble. Because stealing from a community, if you realize that there are people who are starving out in the middle of the desert and don't have a lot of food, and you got raiders and bandits and your fellow neighbor coming into your home and stealing your things and hurting your family, well, it's as if they pretty much set you on a path to death. You don't have any food, you're going to starve to death. If you don't have proper roofing because some people set your mud hut on fire or whatever it is that you're living in, you're dead. You can't live like that. So the rules were pretty hardcore back in the Old Testament. There's no denying that. The Bible has it said very clear that if you kidnap people, you take people against their will, then you are to be put to death if you were caught doing it. The Bible was fair. There had to be witnesses. There had to be fair witnesses in order for there to be any kind of trial as primitive as it was. You didn't just say, oh, Somebody did something naughty, so now let's take them out and kill them. There actually had to be a discussion between the elders and the community, and the entire community had to make a decision on the fate of the person who was committing the atrocities and the bad acts out there. This is the best that they could do back then. This is what they could do. And God actually helped. If you read the, the story, you can actually see that God actually helped mankind be able to set foundations of morality every step of the way on doing things. According to the Bible, there were some groups and civilizations out there that seen slaves as property. They seen this as property, but God 
realize that humans were seeing each other as this actually made commandments like thou shalt not steal. This isn't just talking about jewelry or household items or material things. This is talking about mankind's representation of property. Mankind would actually steal from each other and destroy, and since they seen other humans as property, the whole theft concept came into it. Now, the atheist will say, I don't know if I buy that. What are some, do you, can you find anywhere in the Bible where God disavows slavery? That's one of their big arguments, and for whatever reason, when I'm watching Christians or Jews debate, they always seem to have some kind of problem with being able to defend the Bible. And I have to imagine to myself, it's because they haven't read it. When we read Jesus Christ, what does Jesus Christ say? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Do unto others as you want done unto you. This is repeated over and over and over. So the question you have to ask yourself, if you're to treat others as you want to be treated, would you then kidnap somebody? Would you make someone a slave? Would you want that for yourself? Do you want someone to kidnap you? Do you want someone to lie to you, kill you, steal from you, all these things? It's pretty clear to me that if Jesus is telling you to love your neighbor and do unto others, he's clearly not endorsing slavery because slavery is not something that someone would want. Another thing that a lot of atheists as well as some religious people don't seem to fathom as well is, well, then why did God allow slavery? Well, if we look clearly in the Bible, there's nowhere in the Bible, one, where it says that life is going to be fair and it's going to be rosy and fantastic just simply because you believe in God. Anybody that's ever read the Bible will know that the legends and and the heroes that we call heroes of the Bible, a lot of them died terribly. A lot of them were tortured. Most of the disciples themselves were tortured and slain and some of them killed very slowly and in horrible ways. Just because you believe in God, just because you claim that God is a God of love and wisdom and knowledge doesn't mean that he's going to hold your hand through even some of the most extreme things in life. We can see that obviously the disciples believed in Jesus. They walked with him. They watched him be crucified, but in the end, a lot of them, I mean, Peter himself was crucified upside down. One of them was poisoned. One of them was beat to death. So for God, whenever God perceives death, he perceives it as a transition, simply a beginning of eternity from the life of this organic biological material that we call our bodies and anatomy. When you die for God, it's just a matter of a snap of a finger and you're with him for all eternity. So he doesn't mourn and grieve death in the same way we do. It does say that God has emotions and that he feels um, distress towards his people, towards his sheep, as he being the shepherd of the loss and suffering, but still, we all are going to die. There's no way of getting around that. It's going to happen. So why does God allow slavery? Well, the same question could be asked, why does God allow children to be kidnapped and murdered? Why is it that God can seemingly allow 
uh, children to be abused by their parents or by relatives or the stranger who's standing outside of the, you know, recess with candy trying to manipulate a kid to get into the van? Why is it that a cop just recently got fired because some hackers got into his computer and found out that he was supporting the defense team for Kyle Rittenhouse? who, by the way, got an innocent verdict. Why does God do this? Why does God do that? I will tell you something. We are trying to focus mostly on does the Bible endorse and condone slavery? But let me tell you all something. I have said this before in the past, maybe once or twice, but I think it's important to reiterate on this. There are going to be some prayers that are simply not going to be answered, and I'll explain why this is the case. And I know some atheists are immediately going to go, wait a minute, if you ask, aren't you supposed to receive? If you knock, isn't God supposed to open? Isn't God supposed to, you know, hear the words? If he loves us so much, why doesn't he listen? Well, there's also another um, issue in the Bible that a lot of Christians fail to be able to notice, as well as non-believers who haven't even taken the time to blow the cobwebs off their old grandmother's Bible and look at it. The Bible makes it very clear that one of God's agendas is to allow us to actually be sentient life forms. He wants us to be able to live our own lives out in our own destiny. He would like it if we serve him and we would do his will. But it is important for God to have us be able to do things with our own will and willfully love him and respect him and be considerate of his laws and things that he put forth. I don't think that there's any atheist or religious person out there that could argue that if we were to follow the teachings of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, if we were to all follow Jesus' teachings, the world would be a better place. If we were to love each other, there'd be no slavery. If we would, thou shalt not kill, there would be no killing. There'd be no murder or senseless violence and these horrible things. Turn the other cheek. If we were to do any of the things that Jesus did and we were consistent about it, our world wouldn't need a heaven or a hell. We wouldn't need to be concerned with the book of revelations. We could have heaven right now if we wanted it. We wouldn't have to wait until we die. But mankind has got a destiny. This is the will of mankind to continue to digress against God. So it's going to happen, and it's too bad. Yes, there's rare amounts of people out there who are extremely kind and good and try the best they can to deliberately and intentionally stay away from sin. There are people out there who make massive amount of sacrifices with their own lifestyle in order to try to please God and also live a righteous life. So now that we know all this... Now that we understand these simple teachings of Jesus Christ, and they are simple whenever you hear them, but actually living your life, deciding that you don't want to put yourself in bad places to allow yourself not to be peer pressured by evil people, by people that Satan has sent in your life to deceive you. I know some people out there are going to be like, you think that Satan sends people into your life? Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And the sad thing about it is a person that comes into your life who commits evil, they don't even have to be a stranger. They could be your own mother or father or brother and sister. It's one of the reasons why Jesus said, if you believe in me, there's going to be division in households and with family members. Because not all family members are going to want to do what God says. They're going to want money. They're going to want to fulfill their greed. They're going to try to buy their way into heaven by going to church, but they don't really know what the Bible actually says or what God is talking about. They just figure, if I go here, my preacher tells me I'll be all right, so they do it. And then there's some people who put their middle finger to the sky. They say, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do the right thing. And God knows I've made tons and tons of mistakes. There's no way I'm going to get up to judgment day and be able to be slick or clever and talk my way out of some of the wrongs I've done in my life. I'll just simply have to realize I'm standing before God that knows everything. I'll have to admit my wrongs as I do while I'm on earth when I'm asking for forgiveness sincerely and then go from there and hope that in God's mercy and wisdom, he'll see me as valuable enough to be able to preserve if I am like many other people out there, he may perceive me as garbage that would just simply taint the very holiness of the heaven that he resides in. And then I'd have to go bye-bye. And I'd get what I deserve. Just as guilty as the rest of the human race. Although I don't condone and endorse slavery and I don't condone murder and I have no intention of causing anyone ill will... Unfortunately, my decisions in the past, whenever I was a child as well as an adult, has affected other people in negative ways. So I'm going to get what's coming to me no matter what I do. And so is you and everybody else out there. But that doesn't change the fact that you can't ask for forgiveness now. It doesn't change the fact that all those Christians out there who remain in the bliss of ignorance, as well as non-believers, you can read the Bible you can find out what God wants from you. He's not hiding from you. I know that some Christians say, why is it that it seems like God's not here? Why can't I see him? Why is it I only can feel him? Well, God represents himself as love. And sometimes you're not able to see the whole picture of love, but you sure as hell can feel it, can't you, ladies and gentlemen? Every one of you out there knows what it feels like to love someone, be loved, and also what it feels like to have your heart broken. So, that is the story. The fact is, the Bible does not promote it. Does the Bible allow it? Yes, the Bible allows a lot of things. The Bible is not just a story of one single writer who sat down one day and invented all this and yada, yada, yada. This is a book about entire generations and empires and falls of civilizations all the way up into our modern times, all the way to the end of the world. The story isn't even over. That's the thing about the Bible. When you read a normal book, the book has a beginning, a plot twist, and then an end. The Bible is a living, breathing story, testament of what God wants from us and his relationship and covenant with man. Once people figure that out, I guarantee your life will be a lot easier. 
It's not going to be any easier than anybody else. A Christian could live a really miserable, horrible life. There could be an atheist out there who could be married, have a beautiful, wonderful relationship, have kids that love them, and everything seems to be going fantastic for them, as where a Christian who works as hard as they can every day may have nothing but difficulties, even possibly all the way to the point they die. Why? Because the Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust the same. Whether God perceives you as someone who is intentionally and deliberately being evil or not, you got to understand the difference between God, the way he looks at a person, and the way you look at him. God looks at an atheist and a Christian in the same way. He looks at them as, these are my children. These are whom I love. And I want both of them to be with me in heaven. As opposed to you, where you look at someone from along the way and you think about them as a stranger you think of them as a person of how is it that they have all these things how is it that they're doing so great in their life why is everything so wonderful we have a tendency to do that don't we ladies and gentlemen when we watch celebrities on television or athletes with all their money and all their power it seems like and we begin coveting them which the bible of course tells us not to do that don't idolize people or things we don't have a, the slightest clue what it's like in some of these people's life there's celebrities out there who seem to have all the money in the world but their mothers and fathers don't love them their families don't care about them and people try to take advantage of them for the things that they have it doesn't matter if you have billions of dollars, if everyone around you doesn't give a rat's ass about you. Sooner or later, you're going to run out of things to do. Sooner or later, that money isn't going to be able to buy you the happiness that you seek. Why do you think it is celebrities go through so many divorces? Why do you think it is that as soon as they become unpopular, they're never heard of again? How many child stars have you heard out there who worked several seasons on a television show and then they end up on drugs later on or dead or in a ditch some of them get so messed up when they used to be beautiful on tv and then they're so messed up nowadays you wouldn't recognize them even if they were standing right next to you you don't know what it's like for the other person next to you but for God, he can see their hearts. He can see their pain and their suffering. Well, I hope you guys don't mind me going a little bit off the rails on this. We The original video obviously was about God not condoning slavery. But I think it's important for us to realize, and one of the reasons why I bring up all this other stuff is, Slavery is still a real thing today. Slavery is seen throughout humanity. We enslave ourselves to really bad ideas and propositions. We enslave ourselves to governments that don't care about us or love us. We have allowed ourselves to enslave ourselves into a dying economy and jobs that we hate that are destroying our souls. Some of you out there, you work the same routine job over and over and over again. Do you not feel like a slave? Someone would argue, well, it's not the same as slavery. You could walk away, but can you? 
Can you walk away from that check? The government and these businesses and the corporations have put you in a position where if you walk away, you may have a difficult time getting another job based upon their references, based upon what they say about you. You are a slave to a horrible system and grind. So before you promote this idea that God is somehow evil and wicked, realize that 90% of the suffering in your life outside of what nature in this universe does to you is the suffering you put upon yourself and allow others to do to you. Once you realize this, once you realize what your role and place in society is and what you're allowing people to do to you every single day, once you allow the truth to set you free, can you not be a slave yourself? All right, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you have a wonderful day. Don't forget to check out the links in my description.